Hey y'all, this is the John Clay Podcast, but this is not John Clay, this is Josh Moore. I'm a reporter for the Lexington Herald-Leader, Kentucky.com. You have probably heard me uh, over the last few weeks previewing the Kentucky football season with John. John was gracious enough to let me use this platform to drop a little bit of bonus coverage into your ears as we lead up to UK season opener against Louisiana Louisiana Monroe on Saturday. Their, their name always trips me up. I see why they kind of want to go by ULM. That makes a, a lot of sense when you try to say it all. Um, I had the pleasure of speaking with Terry Bowden this week, who is the head coach of Louisiana Monroe, but you probably know him better as the head coach at Auburn. Back in the 90s, he coached Akron uh, for the better part of the last decade. Uh, That was his most recent stop before he, or at least his most recent stop as a head coach before he spent a few years as as a graduate assistant at Clemson, which is a very interesting story that we get into a little bit here in this interview. Uh, We also talked about, you know, his current team, kind of the the, the roster situation, some of the stuff they've dealt with, his uh, time at Auburn, of course, and and kind of, you know, also what UK was like then and kind of how it compares now, um, you know, under Mark Stoops. Uh, I had a really fun time talking with Coach Bowden, and I think you'll enjoy listening to our interview. Here it is. I just kind of wanted to start. I know you named a a quarterback this morning, and you've been kind of, Coy, <laughs> Coy about well, you know, you know, a lot of stuff. No, that's the one. You know, he's been named quarterback since the middle of spring practice. That's the only guy that we've had that we knew <laughs> was going to start. But I don't know. I think one of the one of the beat writers there that must not come very often. He <laughs> thought that was he, that's the only one that we kind of he kind of earned that position before spring ball got even over. It's kind of the, that that wouldn't even be a good surprise to anybody. So I, I, that that one I. I, uh, I've known all along, but I, but I, that one reporter, I guess he that I don't know where 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 he came from. But anyway, <laughs> that was we that that was one that Rhett's kind of kind of you know he kind of came here to play for his dad. His kind of dad came here to coach for him, and so you uh-huh. know you kind of it, it kind of and and the reasons for them they do know each other. You know they know their style of play, so you know how that is. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I kind of wanted to start there. Cause, yeah, because I, I wasn't surprised either. I was like, I kind of thought, like, is this really newsworthy? Because it seemed like, you know, <laughs> putting two and two together. <laughs> it's not even news. I mean, I guess the way it got tweeted or worked out, it was. But it's, it's that's been even, that's not even been secret. That's been, that's been kind of every, every time I've ever talked to anybody locally. It's that we, we know Rhett's, Rhett's the guy, and now we're just trying to put the pieces in place behind him. When you bring it, you know, obviously you and Rich kind of come in together there. What, uh, I mean, I know you go back a ways, you know, or you have family connections and stuff, but what makes his brand of offense in particular work for a, you know, a program that's trying to, you know, climb back up and, and kind of be, you know, build itself to respectability? Well, now, you know, Rich has been, you know, I've known Rich a long time. I mean, he, his brand of offense, he's been, he's been very good at running an offense. Now, I've, I've run the offense almost my whole career, Paul mm-hmm. plays, but uh, he, when he was at Glenville State, he kind of broke all kinds of records for the Western, for the NAI as a 25 year old coach. When he was at Tulane, my brother's offensive coordinator, they went 11 and 0 and just tore it up. And when he went to Clemson with Woody Danzler, they tore it up there. When he went to West Virginia, and, and put it in with Pat White, they tore it up there. Michigan was probably a no-win situation because he didn't play a tight end or a fullback, and that just killed him there because of their tradition and what they wanted. They were never going to be happy. Then I think he went to five bowls in Arizona. Uh, 
So I think I, I think what he he understands the offensive football. I mean, like me, he's kind of run the offense since he was 25 years old. And even when he became a head coach, he always retained that that offensive coordinator style. Now that unfortunately, that's the same thing I did uh, <laughs> for 25 years, and we've both been 25 year head coaches calling the plays but we can't have it's like chess you can't have two people calling every play <laughs> so I, I i made i made him put my stuff in uh at the beginning and then i try to keep my mouth shut after Wednesday every <laughs> week because i would want i would want him to do the same thing because regardless of what people say calling plays on the sideline is kind of like playing chess two people can't be moving pieces at the same thought process you got to be thinking one or two moves down the road and so the, the thing that Rich is, he has a history of knowing how to run an offense. He has a history of being in a game, uh, you know, third, third and one on the left hash, 25 yard line going in. He's made that call a hundred times, you know, and I think that's where his ability to be on the field and have faced those situations over and over again, that, 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 that's, that's what he has the, the that's what he's capable of doing. Now, why is he here? Cause, cause his son jumped in the portal. And I wanted to go after his son. And, and, and when I got his son interested in us, I just made the comment, knowing, knowing Rich and having, he, he went to West Virginia right after I did mm-hmm. with the Mountaineer. And then he went with my brother after working our football camp. And, uh, you know, him and Jimbo grew up close to each other. Jimbo was with me 14 years. Uh, but, but Rich, um, but, but Rich has always had that, that he, when I got his son, going back to that, when I, when I got his son to say, I'm, I'm interested in Monroe, I, I want to go somewhere and got two years of eligibility. And I made the kind of, uh, tongue in cheek, what well, do you have an offensive coordinator you can bring with you? <laughs> you know, and so that, and the, that, then I got the communication going. And so I, I really think that, that, that Rich will be with me a while, but I believe he's a power five head coach again. Uh, and I think right now, just like Tommy and me and my brother Jeff enjoyed playing for my father, those were probably the greatest moments of our lives at Florida State. We all were there together. Uh, well, Tommy and I played for my dad at West Virginia, but we were GAs when my brother Jeff was at Florida State playing for him. I think I think that probably touched his heartstrings more than anything. A chance to step back, uh, work with his son, uh, and enjoy doing that. Uh, and I felt that uh, that that. Uh, you know, whether if he, if he held on to the position, uh, nothing better than to have a a, a a son be the quarterback that kind of understands what's inside of Rich's head. And I've kind of, and, and I know that because I, I've I've kind of always been a head coach that, that went that handled the quarterback meetings and handled the plays. Because when you call plays, you want to know what's in the quarterback's head. Right. You want to know what he's thinking. And so that was kind of the process that got Rich here. Now, whether, you know, whether we can, you know, it's, it's I think it's a little bit about getting enough football players. I don't think, I don't <laughs> think, Kentucky, unfortunately, Kentucky's not a good gauge of how successful we're going to be with Rich running our offense because Kentucky, uh, they're going to have to give, they're, they're going to have to do a lot to help us to win a football game. Uh, I've, I've been on this side of this game too many times on the Kentucky side and on the ULM side, and they're going to have to really give us a lot of an opportunity to win this game because of what they do wrong. Not what they do right, and so um, we're going to go out there and be the best we can be, and then and then Rich and uh, you know the, the whole deal is whether our whole offense can run what we run, uh, as opposed to just uh, um, whether Rich can do it. But I but I do think if there's if there's nothing secret, you know, about just being able to to run an offense, uh, being able to call plays, being able to manage the sideline, being able to manage the clock. 
uh, manage the critical calls, uh, you know, all those kind of things that just, uh, that history and time allows you to be a little better at that uh, during the, the when the bullets start flying in a, in a football game, especially when you go into a game where you have to, I mean, to even be in the game. I mean, you know what the line, I mean, it, to be in the game, <laughs> you've got to do everything right. And Kentucky's got to do some things wrong. Do you, you know, going back, you know, a couple of decades, just what you just said about Kentucky, would you have imagined saying something like that? You know, nothing against Bill Curry. When I was at Auburn, we played them twice. Right. But it was just the opposite. We won 41 to 14 or 42 Uh to 21. I mean, it was, it was, we were on the different side. I said, well, we just go out there and play our, when I was at Auburn, we go out there and play our best game. We're going to win. That's how talented we were. And the talent level was too different. And when I was at Auburn, we said, you know, we go out there, hey, play kids, a young men. We play our best, and Kentucky plays their best. We're going to win this game. We are better than they are. And, and I've been coaching 25 years as a head coach, and I was lucky enough to sit around the head coach's table eight, for 18 years before that, is that if we play our best and Kentucky plays their best, they're going to win the football game. But that's not football. Football, the ball bounce is funny. It's oblong. Mm-hmm. It's not round. <laughs> that, that mistakes are made. Turnovers are made. And so we go in wanting to win and planning to win. But I don't think I'd blow smoke uh, uh, with our players and say, guys, man, we got these guys. We just play our best. We're going to win this game. I, I don't think they paid us a million and a half dollars for that to be the case. <laughs> you know, that's, I mean, that's what we're getting. I mean, we're, this is a, this is a, I mean, I just, I've done this. I mean, I've been on both sides of this uh-huh. and I am completely uh, excited about the chance to play. And I, and I hope they fumble the opening kickoff and we get a quick seven. And then we'll only be underdogs by 21 points, not 28. <laughs> so, 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 you know, I, I, I'm, I, and I, and I'm kind of tongue in cheek, but I do, I do want our players to go in there and understand that the best we can do is be the best version of us, play our very best, and then pray that we come out of there without too many injuries. Yeah. No, well, I, that's what I kind of want to get into is I, I yeah. know, obviously, you know, it's a, it's a tall task, but. Right. I know you've been, I mean, you've been, you know, you've kind of, you know, withheld the roster. Well, I've kind of read, I've just read a little bit, but I guess, I mean, right. do you, is that intentional? Like, is that, a, you know, trying to play at the advantage or is that well, trying you know, to? Well, you know, I'll, I'll be honest with you, in a way it is intentional. But understand this, what what advantages do we have, if any, in this game? None. It's it's, it's a way game. It's against an SEC uh, a contender, an SEC contender with what's expected to be a great team. And all I've got is a is 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 is, is a is a is a roster of guys where I don't know who's going to start. And if I've got some bad ones at certain positions, I sure don't want Kentucky to know which ones are the worst. <laughs> they, then all they got to do is watch the video and say who, who's the worst of those guys. I at least like to keep that a surprise for for a couple of series, you know. And that's kind of what I'm thinking. And I don't think it's surprise. I mean, I don't think it's like dirty pool it's, or, or it, maybe it's gamesmanship. But I'm thinking I got to take whatever little advantage I can take mm-hmm. and try to try to get a series out of it. Maybe. I mean, I guarantee you, if you knew who I was starting and you're Kentucky, you would probably know which where which side to which side to attack and uh, a little more than the other just by looking at them those things. But, you know, we're, we're having that. that I, I don't see that as necessarily. You know, that is that's a first-year head coach with a opening game in a year of a massive transfer portal rule change 
and and it's good for about one game, and it's good. And I don't know if it's even good for anything there because all you're trying to do is is play your keep your cards close to the vest as much as possible, you know, by not telling you. You know, if I had two quarterbacks and I didn't tell you which one to start, you'd think that'd be that'd be pretty normal if I was going to mix it up and right. kind of keep it a surprise. But right now, I, I we didn't know who we were going to start until a week ago because we have we have transfers, we have portal transfers, we have guys returning, and we have junior college guys, and you know we're taking over a program. That was 0 and 10. And not only 0 and 10, never want, never led in a single game last year. Lowest budgeted team in the, in the country. And so we're just trying to do everything we can to steal a point, to steal an edge, anything we can get to just, just, and, and, and will it make a difference against Kentucky? Probably not. And do I, do I think their coaches are losing any sleep over it? Not a bit. <laughs> but I think what, you know, I just, I mean, but do I know that, that, that we're trying to win a football game and, and, uh, um, it's, it's, it, it's kind of, it just, it makes sense to coaches. I think if you, if you, if, if we got one tackle that's real good and one that isn't real good because we don't have the depth that y'all have, we sure don't want y'all to know what the one that's real bad. <laughs> you put that, that young, good looking pass, that good looking defensive end, you got tackle, you got on that guy. <laughs> so we'll, we'll try to keep that a secret, at least till the first, first series is over. How um so from their end it's interesting right because you're you know because they don't know who's going to be playing and, and you know it's a right. new offense for for you know they can't really look at last year's tape and get a whole lot right. from. I assume you're all kind of dealing with the same stuff though with their offense. Yeah. absolutely. I mean, we can. I mean, Lynn, we know where your your coordinator came from. We know everything that's just said in the news. We know that everything you said on interviews and press conferences. And now we have to decipher what y'all said and, 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 and what's going to happen, you know? And so I, I really think, uh, so, so we, they, we got that concern, you know, but I, but I, but I, but I, I think the, uh, we have every reason to just do everything we can to find a way to steal a point or steal a first down. Uh, and, and what we're afraid of is just that, that Kentucky come here and just three, three, that, you know, two downs, first down, two downs, 20 yards, two downs, touchdown, and nothing we can do to stop that. So we know all the, all the things that y'all probably, I mean, y'all know where I've coached, you know, where Rich has coached on offensively, mm-hmm. you know, where our defensive coordinator has been. So there is a, there are some unknowns that you always have new staff first game or, Y'all got four new coaches. I mean, does your cornerbacks, I mean, do your, do your defensive backs line up in a different stance than they did last year? Well, they might. They got a different guy coaching that position. You know, they might not because Mark was a defensive backfield coach. So, you know, it all, you got to, you weigh all that stuff. And of course, I've spent two years as an analyst now. So after 25 years as a head coach, I'm a, I'm an expert analyst now. <laughs> <laughs> I did nothing but analyst work last two years. <laughs> Yeah, no, that was, I want to get into that because I, I, it's fascinating, you know, how you ended up at Clemson and, and, and going through. Um, yeah, I had yeah. to be, I had to be fun to be around, I would think, you know, just. The- it was, it was the best time. I mean, I know it's why people take sabbaticals. Uh, uh, and in this business, the, 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 the new, the new game in town is, you know, somebody buys your contract. I got a new AD, bought my contract out. I'm 63 years old. I don't want to quit coached. I feel like I'm at the height of my game. Uh, you know, I took 10 years off after Auburn. I spent 10 years at ABC in New York, and I'm one of the few people that took 10 years off, and I've really had two careers. I've had a 15-year head coaching career. It ended up at Auburn, then I did 10 years of television, and now I'm starting my my last five, which will be 15 more years, uh, 10 years already down the second time around. 
And I actually started over. I went down and said, let's do it again. And that's kind of, kind of, kind of what's happened. But the, the thing that's happened when, when Akron bought out my contract, I said, you know, I, it looks like to me like the way to go is to see if you can be an analyst. You know, that you got, you got a contract for two years. You got money in your pocket. Where can I go? And I, and I pick and choose. I said, you know what? My brother hired Dabo at Clemson. He, he replaced my brother. He kind of probably owes me one there. Uh, <laughs> I, I love the fact that they're winning. I love Dabo. I love the style. I said, let's go study his program. And so I knew where I, I didn't end up there. I wanted to be there. Uh, only problem was when I finally approached him, he said, Coach, we've got all of our analysts hired, and there's no salaried positions, and you can't volunteer. There's You can't have an insurance. You can't be on, you know, you can't have a key. Mm-hmm. you got to be a student or you got to be paid. And so I never let him get that out of his mouth. Before I said, okay, I'll be a student. And that and that, and that knocked him on his back of his heels, I promise you. Because I'm 63 years old, and I hadn't gone to college for 34 years. But you know what I did? I said, I want to be an analyst. I've got money to pay. i got my money. And so I went out, and, uh, paid my tuition, enrolled into grad school. And after 34 years since I, grad, I graduated from law school in 1982, I, graduated, I started grad school at Clemson so I could be an analyst. And as soon as I got accepted, I got my office, I got my key, I got my, my, my computer, and I got to be an analyst. Uh, and it's exactly what I wanted to do. And that, and that almost made it more fun because it was almost like going back and being a graduate assistant again and being able to but sit on, you're a fly on the wall. You're watching the head coach's demeanor and his way of running things as much as you are trying to get, you know, I did have a lot I could give to their offense and their defensive coordinators just because the number of years I've called plays and I kind of know what, coordinator wants on their desk on a Sunday morning after, you know, when they start that week, what can I lay on their desk to, to give them more time to prepare for a game? And so I really did have fun learning, learning how to, at my age, how to, um, use, uh, exos. Use how to, you know, here I am as a head coach all my life. I've always got assistant coach or a GA to do my, hand me my computer stuff. I've got to make cut ups. I've got to make think tapes. I've got to do all those things that I, that I had spent 20 years not having to do. Uh, and so that was kind of neat. Uh, but it did get me back in uh, really to the core of my background, which was an old X and O ball coach. I'm a, I was never the CEO type of coach. I was always the uh, the ball coach, just like people who, who saw my dad coach for 30 years or 40. He called every play. He was a he was all over the place. But last twenty years, he sat with his arms crossed and and let other people do it. But I haven't gotten to that point yet. You know, my dad was my age when he won his first national championship. Right, right. Well, I'm not, so I I, I don't feel old, but I also I, 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 I it, it's it's I got to do some things at Clemson because and and, and I did get my degree. So if it, to, to to give to give an ending to that story, when I got the job at ULM, I had one more semester left. And I'm thinking, okay, I don't need this thing. Golly, I'm already, <laughs> I mean, I got my job by going to school, but I didn't have to graduate. But then the, the uh, director of their graduate program said, coach, we, we want you to graduate. It looks so good. So I took the classes online here. So while I'm the head coach at ULM, I finished my last two semester, co- two courses and I walked on graduation. <laughs> the only time I've ever walked this past May, I walked at Clemson. You know, I never walked for accounting at West Virginia. I never walked for my law degree, but I walked for my graduate degree at Clemson. So I, I loved it. It was a, I was clearly the oldest, the old man on the block. <laughs> That's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask too, uh, mm-hmm. 
you know, back you know, when you were coaching at Auburn, I mean, obviously the SEC has always been the SEC to some degree. You right. know, it's always a place people have wanted to go and been a destination. But to see what it's become even since then, just, I mean, did you, you know, was this kind of an inevitable, this kind of march towards, you know, bringing in Texas and Oklahoma and just kind of morphing into this well, monolith that it's even become since then? Yeah, well, now the 90s, the SEC weren't no slouch in the 90s. I don't know how old you are, but Alabama won the national championship in 92. Right. We went under in 93. Florida won the national championship in 97. Tennessee won it in 98. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're talking about every other national championship was an SEC championship. So they were still the dominant, dominant league at that time. But the world has changed some since then. As you know, they've added Texas A&M, Missouri, and now they've gone up and gobbled up a couple of more because of where they understand they have to remain on top and remain the top dog. They've got to think about tomorrow and not about today. And they, and that's what the SEC, you know, they live in a part of the country, a culture where football is king, where the, the great honor is to coach on Saturdays, not Sundays, uh, and where other than Kentucky or the state of Kentucky, football is king. It may, you know, Bear Bryant said, you know, they gave Adolf Rupp a, a Cadillac and gave me a watch. So <laughs> I think Mark Stoop has done an incredible job. But I will say this: back in 1977, I was a I was a running back at West Virginia. We went up to Lexington and played Kentucky. We they had Derek Ramsey at quarterback. They had uh, Art Steele at defensive end. And if you don't remember, they were six and zero and what they won every single conference game that year. Now, mm-hmm. Fran Curse, they were on probation and couldn't play for the championship, but they were the best team in the conference that year, uh, even back then. So, but that, but that, that's probably a sidebar, a side note. But, but the nine, but, uh, but yes, the SEC is in the part of the country where football is a religion, uh, and it's and it, and, it, and it's very very important. They don't win in Alabama because. They have more football players. They win at Alabama because they'll fire you if you don't. Because it, it, it's 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 what it's what life is. I've always said, having coached in five Iron Bowls, which is the Auburn Alabama mm-hmm. game, and I coached them in the I coached them in the old Legion Field. They don't they don't number their years in Alabama. They name them after the big play of that game: go <laughs> over the top, punt down a punt, the catch, the perfect season. They don't, you don't even say what year it is by number. You say what year it is in Alabama about what was the biggest play of that game. And so in the South, that's kind of the way I, you know, um, what's the difference between ULM and Akron that I like? Uh, Akron likes basketball. Ask, Akron likes baseball, the Indians. Akron likes professional sports. Louisiana Monroe, they like college football. That's what they love down here. And uh, although LSU is king in the state, they have plenty of room in their hearts for their a group of five team and their SEC team. But I think when you said, did you see this out of the SEC? I don't see how you couldn't see it out of the SEC if you're watching. Yeah, no, I just, yeah, I like what you said about, you know, looking towards the future instead of the present. Cause I think it's easy for the, you know, the guy that has all the cake to just get content eating it. Yeah. Oh, I guarantee it. You know, and I, I tend to use Alabama as an example. Remember, they went through about five coaches after after Bear Bryant. They couldn't figure out how to win. They weren't filling their crowd, their stadium up, and they weren't winning ball games. See, what'd they do? They go out and build fifteen thousand more seats and pay two more <laughs> million for a coach. That was their answer to not being successful because they're going to be successful no matter what. And I think, I think that's the approach you have to take. And so that kind of represents the 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 
theory or the thinking behind SEC schools. And once, when you get in the midst of it, when you're at Auburn and you're looking over your shoulder every day at Alabama, you, you see all these things going. And, and, I, and I don't want to get too far away from the fact that, that it's amazing what Mark has done at Kentucky because it is a great basketball state. Who cannot say that? But him to take that and make it, I mean, he's one game away, one game away from what Bear Bryant did up there, a number of wins or the success that he's had. Um, it, 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 of course, he comes from a football family. I, right. I mean, it's like I do. And he, 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 football has been his life. And if anybody can do it at Kentucky, you just had to feel it'd be Mark Stoops. Yeah, it's kind of what I, where I wanted to end. I know uh, this game was, <laughs> I don't know exactly when it was scheduled, but well before you got there. Before me, um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But what, what kind of you know relationship, if at all, do you have with Mark Stoops or any encounters or anything yeah. that you've um, – very, very little personal experience with uh, with Mark. You know, uh, I mean, when I was at Auburn, Bob was a, was a defensive coordinator at Florida. That's how far that one goes. Mm-hmm. When I was at Akron, we played Oklahoma as a money game. Uh, and I want to say we got beat 55 to three and went on to have the best year we've ever had at Akron. That's why I don't get too nervous about this game. Uh, but playing against Bob Stoops at Oklahoma, uh, Mark having gone to Florida State, you know, Jimbo Fisher played for me three years and then was my, my assistant coach for 11 other years. He becomes Jimbo's assistant at Florida State, where my dad spent all of his life. And so you know everything about Mark there. And then the fact that Akron's our, our big rival over the years was, was Youngstown State. He's from Steubenville. Mm-hmm. I mean, I still like Youngstown, which is a football bed. The old steel mill days, you can name a ton of people uh, who come out of that Youngstown area. I know where he comes from because I grew up two hours east of there in Morgantown, but I also coached 45 minutes west of there at Akron. And we played Youngstown when Jim, I played against Youngstown twice when Jim Tressel was there. And so, uh, you know, so I, I, you know, you can't hardly be in this league very long without having coached against somebody or somebody coaching for somebody that you're with, um, that you've been with. But, uh, Mark and I, I mean, he's to me, he's, he represents the hot, the hot, you know, I don't even consider him a young kid anymore. He's a, he's a, he's he's an established coach, but I'm 65, you know, and, and, but he is an established coach and the young guns are after him now too. But I think we, we've both been, uh, we, I've crossed paths with his brother. Uh, he's been a part of the Florida State program that our family identifies with. And then his roots, uh, Midwest football, don't come any very far from where I did. Of course, you know, Jimbo, uh, Nick Saban, uh, Rich Rodriguez all grew up within 45 minutes of Morgantown, which is about an hour from Youngstown. It's the same blue collar background of an area. It's the same type of people that come out there. They're, it's, you know, it's funny. It's not necessarily the football only hotbed, although it, it, it's, it's a blue collar hotbed. It's where you grow up knowing how to go to work and take a lunch pail and you don't get home till maybe 12 hours later. And that's the way most of the fathers and that's the way most of the people in the neighborhood worked. And you see people with incredible work ethic come out of those areas. Yeah. No, I think that's at least in definitely in the case of Mark Stoops. It's <laughs> certainly, <laughs> yeah, <you're good. laughs> certainly yeah. played out that way here, I think. Um, well, I appreciate your time so much, Terry. I All hope, right. Uh, hope, Thank uh, you, man. Hope you stay. Yeah, I know the rain's kind of passed. I know you're all quite north or more north than New Orleans. But yeah. you know, hope. We, we're fortunate. We, we, we stay. We're actually northwest of there, the path of that. Uh-huh. So although we're northeast Louisiana, we're northwest of where the, uh, like the, the hurricane struck and it headed straight east. So, you know, as long as we get good, good weather there, I think we're going to have good weather there. Uh, I mean, I, I, 
I mean, no, I, I just as a fan, I love Lexington. It's a beautiful town, beautiful stadium. And, uh, you know, as, as a coach who likes the, our players, it'll be a great thrill to walk in that stadium. And, and I'm hoping it'll be packed, I think, because people have been so tired of being cooped up that they'll have a great crowd. And uh, that's as hard as it is to say as the other coach. I wouldn't trade the experience our guys are going to have playing the SEC team any 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 time. And we go back, we fight for our conference championship. We got a lot of games. We got that the teams will be a lot closer to us. But I look forward to seeing you there. Yeah, no, likewise, and safe travels, and, and best of luck this Thank weekend. You. Thank you very much. That was Terry Bowden, the head coach at Louisiana Monroe. I hope y'all enjoyed listening to that interview. I certainly enjoyed. Uh, being on the <laughs> the question side of it, I've, I'd never spoken with Terry before. I thought it was a lot of fun. It was cool getting to know him and hearing him talk about his career. Um, I think it, you know if that's the kind of thing you guys want to hear more of in the future, uh, please let you know, let us know. Let, shout me out on Twitter, Josh Moore HL or John or Mark Story. Any of the you know a lot of us write about UK football, and if this is the sort of thing that you'd like to see more of in the future, uh, these kind of interviews on this on this stream, that I would you know love to hear from you and. And, you know, love to try to do more of this kind of thing. I think, you know, it can be tough to get U.K. guys in particular one-on-one throughout the season, but it's certainly not the kind of thing that's impossible. And I think, you know, if, if there's a demand for it, it's something we'd love to do more of. I'd also appreciate it if you consider leaving us a review wherever you listen to podcasts, but especially on Apple Podcasts. They're a, kind of the leader in this space, you know, so to speak. And I think uh, they obviously have a big platform, and that'd be a great place for you to leave a review if you listen there. We'd also love if you, uh, you know, consider to support our work on Kentucky.com and at the Herald Leader with a subscription, especially to Kentucky.com. We offer a lot of deals year-round uh, to subscribers, new and returning, and, and all that. But I think a lot of you listening would be very interested in our Sports Pass subscription, which for thirty dollars a year gives you access to all the stuff that I write and that John Clay writes and Mark Story writes and stuff that Jared Peck's out there writing about high school sports and our new high or our new uh, uh he's sort of our you know sort of a utility guy at the moment but he'll end up being our UK women's coverage uh beat writer uh, Cameron Drummond if you're not familiar with him he's a new hire that we've made and a great addition to the team uh he'll certainly give you access to a ton of UK football coverage this week and coming up uh, or coming out of the season opener uh, and tons, you know, more to come going into December, and as we, you know, you know, hopefully go into another bowl season here with with UK football team. I appreciate you taking the time to listen today, and please take care.